the worship experience this morning. Thank you for your loving power. Thank you for the promises of visiting us each and every time we worship you in spirit and in truth. God, we thank you today for a house like this where we can come and lay our burdens down. We can take off the cares of this whole world and focus on you for all that really matters is you. You are worthy of our praise in spite of our difficulties, in spite of our wicked and sinful world, in spite of the problems that we carry in every pocket, you still reign. You're worthy of our praise. If you never do nothing else for us, you've already done more than enough. And for that reason alone, we say thank you. Now God is preaching time, and we need for you to visit us as only you can. Would you, would you throw your weight around in here? Open our eyes, open our ears, that we may see and hear what your spirit has to say to the church. Remember our pastor this morning, forgive him of his sins, for they are many. Giving preaching power and preaching permission that preaching may be done. And in the end, Lord, we promise to give you all the praise and give you all the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's children said amen and amen. While you're standing, if you open your Bibles with me to Genesis chapter 21, Genesis chapter 21. We're going to take a break in our exegetical walk through 1 Samuel this morning and look at a very special word for the Lord. Genesis chapter 21, beginning at verse 1. I want to welcome all of our visitors to the New Beginnings Community Baptist Church, where we are an expository teaching and preaching church. And we believe in preaching through the entire book of the Bible, books and chapters at a time, family. And today you have joined us on an excellent day. We don't take your presence lightly, for you could have been in one of 500 of our sister churches across the city. But by the grace of God, you are here with us today, and we are grateful for your presence. Amen? Amen. Amen. Genesis chapter 21, verse 1. If you have it, say, I got it, Doc. I got it, Doc. If you don't, say, hold on, Reverend. Hold on. And the Lord visited Sarah, as he had said. And the Lord did for Sarah, as he had spoken. For Sarah conceived and bore Abraham a son in his old age, at the set time of which God has spoken to him. And Abraham called the name of his son who was born to him, whom Sarah bore to him, Isaac. And then Abraham circumcised his son Isaac when he was eight days old, as God had commanded him. Now Abraham was a hundred years old when his son Isaac was born to him. Sister Wilson, I ain't too old. I ain't too old. Y'all pray for your pastor, amen. I want a few more, amen. I want a few more. <laughs> and Sarah said, God has made me laugh, and all who hear will laugh with me. She also said, who would have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse children? For I have borne him a son in his old age. Amen. Tell somebody, my pastor, my pastor. is preaching about having another baby. No, 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 no. <laughs> Thought I'd throw that in there. Amen. Amen. Tell me, no, but for real, neighbor, my pastor this morning is going to talk about a God who keeps his word. Amen. You may be seated. Family, if there was ever one thing I'm sure of in this life, it is that God 
can be counted on. He's not like a man and uh, not like somebody who can't keep his word. No, God is a God who keeps his word and who keeps his promises. And that's a good thing to know, ain't it? While you're traveling in a crazy world of broken promises. The truth of the matter is that in this life, you're going to be let down by people. You're going to be discouraged by people. But I stopped by to tell you today that God will never let you down. Tell somebody, God ain't like your homies. No, he can be counted on. And today's lesson is a picture of what happens when God keeps his words to parents. See, Abraham and Sarah had been waiting for God to move in their ministry situation for 25 years. They had a desire to have children, and God had promised Abraham that he would be the father of many nations. But Sarah had a problem having children. She was what the Bible calls barren. But God gave her his word that one day she would have a child. And in this lesson today, we can find the fulfillment of his word. This lesson has three object lessons in it. Do you want to hear them? Number one, it teaches us that the timing of the Lord is always right. Number two, it teaches us that the treasures of the Lord are always sure. And then number three, it reveals for us that the testimony of the Lord is always powerful. So I'm going to wrestle with those three things. Is that okay? I'm going to talk about the timing of the Lord, the treasures of the Lord, and the testimony of the Lord. Look at verse one with me. The text says, and the Lord visited Sarah. And as he had said, and the Lord did for Sarah as he had spoken. When we come to this first passage of scripture, the first thing we observe is that the Lord visited Sarah, just as he said. In other words, family, he kept his promise and, somebody say and, and. he kept his word. And because he said it, he was bound by his word. You didn't know that, did you, this morning? That the only thing God is bound to do in this life is obey what he wrote. He's bound by his word because he cannot lie. That's worth you coming. Here's what I noticed this morning. When the time was right, the Lord shows grace to his daughter as he had promised. When the time was right, the Lord visited Sarah and fulfilled his promise to her by giving her at the age of 90, y'all, power to conceive and bring forth a son. Now, when the time was right, it was grace that God made possible for her to conceive. When the time was right, it was grace shown by God that included Sarah in on, watch this now, what God was doing in the earth. God was establishing a covenant with mankind. And he invites Sarah to participate in his divine activity. When the time was right, it was grace shown by God that God did what he promised he could only do. You do know he didn't have to do it. But by God's grace, he honored his word. Now this verse helps me, brothers and sisters, to see that there is nothing too hard for God. Look at somebody discouraged and tell them, don't be discouraged. Ain't nothing too hard for God. There's no obstacle that will prevent his word from doing what he says it will do. This verse teaches us, brothers and sisters, that God does everything, watch this now, in his own time and on his schedule. Shatari, it ain't your schedule, but it's, it's God's schedule, amen? The student of the word can trust this truth right here, daughter Jasmine, that Yahweh is all-powerful and that the gift of life in his hands works at his command. Can I, can I encourage you today? Because I'm encouraged today by this one verse. Because God 
could keep his word to Sarah. If he can keep his word to Sarah, Sheila, he can keep his word to me. Y'all, I'm, I'm feeling good up here today. Amen. I, I didn't been to Hawaii with my baby. Amen. I, I'm ready to cut loose on something up here. If God can give Sarah the desires of her heart, then he can give me the desires of mine. Y'all feeling me? Come on in here. If God could think on a lowly Sarah, then I know there's hope for me. If God could include her and Abraham, Sean, in on his plans to redeem the world, then maybe he can use me too. If God, who is almighty, would visit Sarah, then I know he can still drop by Fresno. If God, yeah, could see them in their brokenness, then I know he sees me, Zuniga, in mine. And I don't know about you, but I find this verse refreshing because the text implies that this was all the work of God. In other words, Sarah had nothing to do with God keeping his word, keeping his promises. Do you know, do you know she couldn't be good enough for God to keep his promise? She couldn't be sanctified enough for God to keep his promise because God was not bound to her by what she wanted. God was bound to her by his word. It's the word of the Lord that makes God do what God does in the text. Can I tell you, nobody in the universe can make God do nothing. But he operates according to his word. And he is bound by his word. Are you in here now? In this verse, the text says, and the Lord visited her. Y'all see that? He honors his word. He made a promise three chapters earlier that he would, and he honors her, his word by doing it. The, the, the text says in verse 1, and the Lord visited, and the Lord said, and the Lord did as he has spoken. Isn't that powerful? This illuminates for us the truth that he is a God. You can count on. Some of y'all looking at me funny like you don't believe what I'm saying is true. It's his word that he's honoring right here. It ain't Sarah and Abraham. Are you in here now? It's God's plan to have a covenant relationship with humanity. It's not the vehicle. It's the one who gives the blessing. And he's honoring his own covenant commitment to himself. Isn't that good right there? In other words, he keeps his word. He remembers his word. He honors his word. He's bound by his word. Because his word, as they used to say in the hood, is his bond. Because of his word, he visits those in need. Because of his word, he speaks to those in need. Because of his word, he comes to see about those that he has spoken to. Come on in here, y'all. He's a God you can count on. Who am I talking to today? Do, 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 do you believe that, that God's word is true? Do, do you believe that you can count on God's word? Has he ever came to see about you? In the midst of your discouragement. That you can count on his word. Look, you may call me and I might not show up. I might not keep my word. Why y'all laughing at me? Some of y'all the same way. Still old pledges from 2015. You ain't kept your word. But thank God he ain't like that. Oh, that, that ought to make you shout right there. Mama will let you down. Honey will let you down. But God will keep his word. High five, somebody tell him God to keep his word. God to keep his word. That's the timing of the Lord. Let's look at the treasures of the Lord, point two. The text says in verse two, for Sarah conceived. You see that? And bore Abraham a son in his old age. At the set time, see that right there? You should circle that. Of which God has spoken to him. Verse 3, and Abraham called the name of his son who was born to him, whom Sarah bore to him, Isaac. 
Verse 4. And then Abraham circumcised his son Isaac when he was eight days old. And God, or rather as God, had commanded him. Let me unpack this portion right here. When we come to this portion of the text, we see what I call, Brother McDuff, is the treasures of life being given to Abraham and Sarah. Let me give you some more. They had literally been made rich beyond their wildest dreams. What do you mean, Pastor? Because God had made good on his promise and gave them something that money couldn't buy. If you're a history uh, student of the Bible, you'll know that Genesis is a great story of the God, God's work in the, in the earth in his beginnings. Abraham is a rich man, but even all his wealth, he came by for his wife to get pregnant. I just said something right there. This is a gift that his money couldn't buy. So when the time was right, God moved in Sarah's life. And gave her the treasure of her heart. That thing that she longed for. Which was a baby in her womb. When the time was right, God saw to it that Sarah would bring forth a child. Which she was incapable of doing. When the time was right, God revealed his power and his desire for Sarah. Ladies, she was 90 years old and barren. You know, you, you 90, you through thinking about babies. But somewhere tucked away in her mind was that longing to have what she was never able to produce. And only God can do a miracle like that. Now the miracle here, watch this now, the miracle here is not that Sarah had a baby in old age. What is it then, Pastor? Rather, it is the opening and the closing of the womb, which is a priceless treasure from God. Can I say some more? This text is clear, Sister Wilson, that God is the one who gives a woman children. Don't get it twisted. It ain't science. God is the one who denies a woman children. But if he gives them or denies them, he's still worthy to be praised. Y'all catch me in here? I don't want nobody walking around mad at God because he didn't open your womb. If he shut it, you ought to bless his name. Because he has the power to do whatever he wants to do. Am I making sense here? The opening and closing of the womb has nothing to do with the woman's ability, but rather has to do with the will of God. See, to bear children is a gift from God. It's a special privilege that only God can give. So if God blesses you with the treasure of giving birth, it's because there must be a return on his investment. He didn't just give you a child to let it run amok in the world. Come on, talk to me. He gives you a child so you can be a steward over an eternal being. A kid that's going to live somewhere forever in hell or in heaven. And you're responsible, yes, for the stewardship of that child. Look at somebody and tell them how you raising your kid. What a treasure, what a treasure, what a treasure, what a treasure. So, so part B of this text, we see that not only does Sarah get a treasure, but Abraham does too. Verse 3, the text says, and Abraham called the name of his son who was born to him, who Sarah born to him, Isaac. Now look at this. Don't, don't look at the word of God too fast and say this doesn't apply to me. Look at the text. When you come here, again we see a priceless treasure that's also given to Abraham. Brother Grady, here, he has the treasure, watch this, of naming their son. In other words, here's the responsibility of the identity of the newborn baby that's been given to Abraham by God. I'm going to put my weight on it right here. 
Fathers today must take the same responsibility serious in the rearing of our children. We are responsible for naming and giving our children an identity that will mean something in life. If you call him a little faggot, guess what he'll grow up to be? If you call him a little sissy, guess what he'll grow up to be? If you, call, if you cuss her and you call her a bee, come on, talk to me, like some of y'all think that's cute. If you put little earrings in his ear when he's just a baby and he grow up switching, don't get mad. You are shaping his identity when you give him a name and you call him names. Oh, I'm going to feel, I feel my help in here. When, when, when Abraham gave the child a name, it meant something. Watch this. The name would be a permanent marker upon him through all his life. Isaac's name meant laughter. And the promise was made to Abraham in, in Genesis chapter 17. Go ahead and read it, 16 through 19. God told Abraham, watch this, what to name the child. Can I tell you, God don't waste words. He don't waste names. The fact that he would give Abraham the name to give to the son that he was going to establish the eternal covenant with means something. Isaac was fitting because Sarah laughed at the idea that I'm old. How can I have a baby? Then Abraham fell on his face and laughed. Look at verse, look at verse 17 or chapter 17, 16 through 19. The text says, then Abraham fell on his face and laughed and said in his heart, shall a child be born to a man who's 100 years old? And shall Sarah, who is 90 years old, bear a child? Abraham said to God, oh God, I would that you just use Ishmael. Then God said, no, for Sarah, your wife shall bear you a son. And you shall call his name Isaac or laughter because I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant and with his descendants after him. You see the importance of this treasure Abraham is giving? Abraham's given a child, given now the responsibility to, to give him an identity that relates to the covenant that he has with God, but that his son will continue. Can I argue that thing right there? Parents, you too have been given a charge to make sure your kids connect with the covenant that you have with God. It's more than you just giving them things. More than you just taking them to Disneyland. Come on, talk to me. Having birthdays and sending them to college. The most important thing is that they have a relationship with your God. And you err when you say, I ain't going to make them go to church. Well, if you don't, who will? I ain't going to make them pray. Well, if you don't, who will? Don't tell me public school going to teach them to pray. If you don't come to worship, what you think they're going to grow up thinking? If your covenant relationship with God ain't important to you, the top of your priority list, it ain't going to nowhere make the cut in their life. God has given you a treasure and given you a child. He's given you a treasure and you shaping the identity and the spiritual connection with your God. Don't you blow that because it's priceless. Come on, talk to him. Money can't pay for that. Tell somebody, you ain't got enough money for that. You ain't got enough money. The Lord made Isaac the son of the covenant. Isn't that powerful? And in his desire for the child's life was a specific name for the boy. God said, name him laughter. You can't tell me God ain't got a, a sense of humor. Every time you see this boy, you're going to be laughing. Because you 90 and you 100. Amen. And that ain't nothing but God. If anybody had swag after that, it was Abraham. Amen. <laughs> who, who else in the neighborhood could brag like Abraham? 
100-year-old daddy. Now, that's something to brag about. I sure would tweet that. That's right. I'm, who's your daddy? Who's your daddy? It was God's will and plan for the child to be named Isaac. Laughter. So here we see a treasure given to Abraham. Watch this now. Also to obey the will of the Lord. What do you mean? God said, I'm going to give you a son. You ought to name him this. Abraham, at that moment that the baby is born, has a decision to make. Either to obey what God told him to do or disobey. Are you in here? He chooses to obey. Yes. And as a result of that, he trusted God to raise the child. And, and, and he, he obeyed God in doing what God had called him to do. Because, yeah, here it is. Isaac was going to carry on the covenant with his holy father. I wrote myself a note. Abraham was in covenant with Isaac, with 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 uh, covenant. Abraham was in covenant with Yahweh, and in covenant with Isaac. And Isaac would watch Abraham's covenant relationship with his God, and develop and determine to have his own relationship. Sister Wilson and I were, were unpacking some thoughts and reminiscing, and I was saying, you know, the greatest treasure that I have is to see my sons walking with me in the Lord. I, I, told, I, told, I told my son's grandparents, I went to see my dad who's in the hospital in Palmdale, He's, he, and mama was asking about the kids, and I said, Alex is preaching for me. And a tear just came to my eye. The covenant. When I'm dead and pushing up daisies, he got the covenant. Y'all in here now? No, y'all ain't hearing me. And then to hear Aaron have a call to missions on his life. That's keeping the covenant. I can go on to glory now. y'all. That, that's my legacy. I ain't trying to leave them no brick and mortar. What I left them, they already got. I can leave you now. That's the treasure. The treasure is your kids. Yes. Involved Ed, in the covenant relationship with God. Listen, and if I didn't have that right, I wouldn't spend my time doing nothing else. I'd be building to make sure they had the covenant relationship with the God of heaven and earth. Can I say some more? You see some more in here about the treasure. Look at verse 4. Abraham, Abraham, the Bible says when, when Isaac was eight days old, Abraham circumcised him as God commanded him. Y'all see that there? Now, here we see the blessing of obedience being carried out by Abraham. God gave him the covenant, Abraham the covenant, of circumcision. Didn't he do it? And, and he has continued, Abraham, to obey God's word. Genesis 17, verses 10 through 12, gives you Bible for your theology there. The picture of circumcision in the Old Testament was a physical covenant between God's people and God. It was a sign that you were connected with God. Now in the New Testament, the believer no longer has just a physical covenant, but they have a spiritual covenant. And so they're no longer required in just the flesh to identify with God. But we've been now circumcised by the Spirit. The new circumcision, because of the coming of Christ, is a circumcision of the heart. Y'all in here now? You ain't under the law no more. You can't keep the law and be saved. I just said a mouthful. The true sign of your conversion is the circumcision of your heart. Good God Almighty. Quit trying to work for your salvation. Am I making sense here? The Bible says in Galatians 2 that knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith, by faith in Jesus Christ. 
even we have believed in Christ Jesus that we might be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law, no flesh shall be justified. Galatians 2 and 15. But in that covenant, Abraham was commanded by God to do that to Isaac. Why is that important? Isaac becomes a type of Christ. It's an Old Testament picture of Jesus that is to come. And when Jesus comes in the New Testament, he brings in a new covenant. Woo, that's good. And under the new covenant, it would be by faith that you would have a relationship with God. See, the covenant between Abraham and the Lord was a treasure. Oh, y'all missed it. Uh, what do you mean? The covenant between Isaac and the Lord was a treasure. See, to be able, Brother Sean, to lead Isaac into the covenant relationship with Yahweh was a treasure. To have a child of the covenant meant that Isaac was a treasure. And I believe that every child born to a believer is a treasure from God. Can I turn the light on right there? That's why we have, there's no such thing as a throwaway child. A throwaway kid. A throwaway nephew. A throwaway niece. You know those family members that you wrote off? God can't say, who gave you the audacity to write them off? Where there's breath and life, there's hope. I want you to change your mentality about some of the folks you, you live with, you know with in this world. You got to change your mindset. Quit thinking that ain't no hope for Johnny. Come on, talk to me. Ain't no hope for Mary. No, where there's life, there's what? There's hope. And where there's hope, the good news can save the one who is lost. Good God Almighty. Bless me, Holy Spirit. Just a little while. So as we look at this text, and we look at the application here, and we not let you know that every child born to a believer is a treasure from God. I believe that children are precious in the eyes of the Lord. Y'all ain't notice how I love your babies, huh? And your babies love me. They know when you treasure them. Yeah, they, they know it. Come on, talk to me. I believe that children are precious because their identities are precious. Can I keep going? The training and development, the nurturing and the character, the shaping of their wills is divine in essence. And God entrusts that to parents. So watch, watch out who you're mating up with. Ladies, don't just bring any old man in over your kids. Hopefully, you got enough sense to let your pastor check him out. To let your brothers and sisters in the church check him out. Why? Because we're looking for key things. Are y'all with me here? Well, your love for him might blind you. I don't care about you getting mad. I'm pastoring through there. I know that's right. I don't want to have to whoop him later for doing something to New Beginnings treasure. Our babies are treasures. Are y'all in here with me? I believe the reason why God keep blessing us is because we value the treasure. If you don't value what God values, God will give you more of it. I just said something right there. Am I making sense right here? So, so watch out who you're mating up with. Watch out who you're trying to, you know, uh, have a second go around with. If they ain't daddy to the kids they got now, what makes you think they're going to be daddy to yours later? Okay, I'm going to put my weight on it. 
if the government got to chase him down for some money, you're going to be chasing him later. Am I making sense right here? It's the treasure God has given you. And it's the treasure that you must give an account of. And then look at this. What a treasure it is. Watch this now. Reverend Tate. To be God's steward over the life of another human being. Think about that. Why you mad at your kids right now? Think about it. What a treasure it is to be called by God to manage the life of an eternal creature. Why you complain about what the Joneses got? The Joneses might have all that, but they ain't got no babies. Earthly things going to rust away. But if your child is your treasure, they're going to live forever somewhere. Are you with me here? Don't get it twisted. I'm trying to talk to somebody who's complaining about being a parent, who complaining about being a single parent. Don't complain. God got you. He's a God who keeps his word. I didn't say it was easy. It ain't easy, but he got you. Because you got his treasure. It's hard, it's hard in here today. Okay, all right. What a treasure it is to receive the honor and the duty, Reverend White, to care for, provide for, to nurture, to teach, to lead, to support, to love, and assist God's gift to be more like him. If you ever, if you ever want to wonder what's your ministry in the earth, the first thing I'm going to tell you is if you got kids, your ministry is your kids. Don't you be running down here to this church trying to do a thousand things and you ain't doing nothing at home. Don't let me find out because you'll be fired from here. Amen. Because you can't do nothing here till you get that right first. Am I making sense here? If God has called you to be a parent, it's a high and a holy calling that takes all that you have in you to accomplish. You ever wonder why we make a big deal out of dedicating babies? And then there's that part in that dedication where I have not only the parents, the godparents, and the, the extended family, but I have you as a church stand. Yeah. Come on, New Beginnings. Yeah. And I have you stand, and I have you take an oath. Yeah. You might not have kids. Your kids may be grown and gone, but if you are a member of this body, you too have a ministry to that treasure. Amen. And as a local body, a member in the local body, you are committed to doing life with every family in here. You have a commitment. Yeah. To provide a safe environment where they can learn and grow in the things of God. To nurture them and encourage them. You too are an extended parent. Don't you sit up in here and talk about he ain't talking to me today. Oh yes I am talking to you. And your tithes and offering is a direct reflection of your commitment to God's treasure. You can't tell me you love God and don't love his treasure. If God has called you to be a parent, it's a full-time ministry. If God has called you to be a parent, it has eternal implications. If God has called you to be a parent or grandparent, then you and you alone will have to stand before God and give an account for your duty on that awful day of judgment. If God has called you to be a parent, don't let anything else in this life distract you from your assignment. As Sarah and Abraham received the treasure, so have you. 
if God has blessed you to be a parent. Man, I wish somebody would have told me the joy of being a grandpa. My God, what a joy. You think about them. You think about your legacy. You think about the covenant relationship with God. Are y'all in here now? And you get even more serious about your walk with God when your grandkids come along. Because you recognize you got more years behind you than you got in front of you. And what's left, you want to make sure you don't mess it up. Drisha, I, I ain't got no room for missteps. You, you misstep when you 20-something. You stumble when you 30, but when you 40, you better slow it down and walk upright. I ain't got no time, Seth, for mess-ups. I got a third generation Garcia looking at how I walk, how I talk, how I pray, how I live. I ain't got no business making no bloopers or mistakes from here on out. Too much at stake. Oh, shoot. Can I put my weight on it? If you over 50, you better knock it out being foolish. You ain't got no business still trying to club. Still trying to get high. Still trying to low ride. Wearing clothes you wore 30 years ago. You ain't got no business trying to live like a young man when God has blessed you with some silver in your hair. That's time for you not to have no missteps. No mistakes. What do I look like going to jail at 50 something years old? I just spent 25 years in letting Sister Wilson train me. I ain't finna get trained by nobody else. Y'all don't hear me. I ain't got no time for no mistakes. And I ain't got no time for no foolishness. If you over 50, you ain't got no business being wild and out of control. 55-year-old woman, uh, uh, praise dancing. Coming to church with everything exposed. Flirting with men that's young enough to be your grandson. No cougars allowed. You got no room for mistakes and mishaps when you are that old. Y'all don't like it, but it's true. You're trying to raise another generation. And in the house of God, you got to be careful how you behave. The 14 letters in the New Testament are all about teaching you how to behave in the house of God. Are y'all listening to me in here? When you get a certain age, there's no room for missteps. Ain't no room for misbehavior. That's the time when you walk up right before God. And you pass on a legacy that's worthy of God's praise. Well, let me close. I didn't bother y'all now. I've talked about the timing of the Lord. I've talked about the treasure of the Lord. Let me look at the testimony of the Lord. When you look at verses 5 through 7, you find these familiar words. Now, Abraham was 100 years old when Isaac, his son, was born to him. And Sarah said, God has made me laugh. And all who hear will laugh with me. She also said, who would have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse children? For I've borne him a son in his old age. Look at this. When we arrive at this text, we see that the testimony of the Lord is on this couple. What do you mean, Wilson? Because God is upon them, they will have a testimony for generations to come. We're we talking about their testimony today, Dartina. We're reading it. The testimony of the Lord is upon this couple because they have trusted in the word of the Lord. The testimony is upon Sarah and Abraham because they were available for God to use them. The testimony of the Lord is upon them because they were willing 
to join God, Zuniga, in what he was doing in the earth. It had been 25 years since Genesis 12 and the promise that the Lord gave to Abraham. His, Abraham's faithfulness to God is paying off. Look, God has given him the grace, yeah, watch this now, to wait and the grace to be patient. The Lord has now chosen to reveal himself to Abraham in a brand new grace. Y'all catch that? In other words, Sarah has finally become confident in the word of the Lord. It took 25 years, but he's finally showed up. Look, she now knows for herself that God can do whatever he wants to do. Come on, y'all in here. She has a personal testimony of what God has done in her life. What God has done for her has never been done before. She's the only one with that testimony. Y'all in here now? And it took a long time to get it. Can I just waddle right there for a minute? Don't, don't be too quick to develop your testimony. They come sometimes over seasons of brokenness. They come sometimes after seasons of discouragement. They, they, the testimony is built over seasons of despair. But when you get it, it's all yours. It's your calling card that God showed up when he got ready to show up. Can I say some more? Is there anybody here this morning that can say I got my own testimony about God's faithfulness for me? Talk to me, Billings. Is there anybody here that can say I trust the word of the Lord because he's kept his promises in my life? Is there anybody here that can say I've learned to wait on him and because God will fix it? Am I right right there? What a word, y'all. What a word. Is there anybody here this morning that can say, I've learned to be still and to rest in his promises? Is there anybody here, Sister Green, that can say, I've learned that his testimony is true. He's a God I can count on. And he may not come when you want him. Somebody help me here, but he's. Oh, I got a house full of testimonies in here. He's a God you can count on because his timing is always right. Sister Ross, he's a God you can count on, Mama. Yeah, because his testimony is always true. Brother Sean, preacher in my library, told this story. He said there was a young man that he visited in an institution while doing prison ministry. And one day while he was preaching in the service, preaching on forgiveness, he noticed that the big boy in the chapel was weeping. He said, and after the service, the guard came up to him and said, this prisoner would like to have some words with you. So the little bitty preacher went up to talk to the prisoner, and the prisoner jammed him up in the corner. He said, preacher, you said in your sermon that God would forgive you of anything, right? And the preacher said, that's right, son. He said, he'll forgive me of anything? The preacher said, yeah, of anything. He said, well, preacher, I killed a man, and I can't get it out of my mind. And he began to weep and told the preacher the whole story about his crime. The preacher said, I then suggested to him a couple passages of scripture, and we prayed together, in which God forgave him of his sins. And so some weeks passed by, and he was in the service again preaching. And the prison guard came by and said, Brother Pastor, that prisoner over in the corner wants to invite you to a meal. He went to the chow hall, and the prisoner was the lead cook on the team in the jail and had some wonderful culinary skills. He prepared a special meal for the preacher. And he, in talking to the preacher, said, I just wanted to show you how grateful I was for the message that you preached to me about forgiveness. And the preacher was marveling at how 
this man's life had been turned around. And I close with this story today because this man was just like Sarah and Abraham. What do you mean, Pastor? He didn't deserve the good news or the promises of God. But when he least expected it, God visited him in the prison and gave him life when nobody else could. Can I say some more? He forgave his sins at the right time. He forgave his sins and gave him the treasure of life. He forgave his sins and gave him a testimony that only God could give. See, I stopped by to tell you today that God touches people in places that only God can get to. Can I say some more? Because of the grace of God and his desire to enter into a covenant relationship with a broken humanity. The timing of the Lord had to be right. Because of his, yeah, desire to enter into a covenant relationship with humanity. The treasure of the Lord had to be delivered at the right time. Because of his grace and his desire to enter a covenant relationship with a broken people, the testimony of the Lord had to be one that was powerful. And as I land the plane, I want to survey today the biblical record. For I found these three, yeah, biblical truths, Brother Bruce, to actually be located through all of the scripture. From Genesis to Revelation, the story is about the timing of the Lord. From Genesis to Revelation, the story is about the treasure of the Lord. From Genesis to Revelation, the story is about the testimony of the Lord can I preach it like I feel it when Jesus came to earth to redeem man and establish the new covenant with God he came at the right time am I right right there through 40 and 2 generations born of a little virgin girl he didn't come too early and he didn't come too late but he came what family at the right time when Jesus came to earth to reveal the heart of God to mankind, he did it through miraculous healings and teachings. And he did it dispensing the treasures of God. Can I call roll right here? Blind Bartimaeus, blind by the roadside begging. No money to fix his eyesight. But the treasure of heaven showed up and gave him back his sight. Can I talk to you right there? The widow of Nain's son had died and she was on her way to the cemetery to bury him. No money in her savings account could bring her baby back from the dead. But Jesus, the treasure of heaven, stopped by and touched the casket and the little boy came back to life. Can I say some more? Man was dead and laid in a tomb friend of Jesus named Lazarus people said no it's too late Jesus you missed him but the treasure of heaven showed up and called Lazarus from the dead can I tell you money couldn't buy that that had to be a special treasure that brought Lazarus back to life the treasure of heaven cast out devils healed diseases fed 5,000 people with two fish and a few loaves of bread he's the Lord God of heaven who always keeps his word. His word said that he was going to die for the sins of the world. Didn't he keep his word? His word said that he would take the sting out of death and victory over the grave. Didn't he keep his word? His word said that he would be buried in a borrowed tomb. But early Sunday morning, I said early Sunday morning, with all power of heaven and earth in his hand, treasure of heaven got up from the dead yes he did because he's that kind of God and he always keeps his word he's the Lord God of heaven who always honors his word I'm glad today that he's a God who keeps his word said I'm glad today he's a God who keeps his word people will let you down on this side but I got a God who will never let me down Right now, sitting at the right hand of God is the visible image of the invisible God. Heaven's treasure 
And you know what he's doing on my behalf? Making intercession. Talking to the Father on my behalf. Answering my prayer on my behalf. Can I say some more? As a God who keeps his word, he keeps me when I fall and go astray. As a God who keeps his word, he comforts me when I get discouraged. As a God who keeps his word, he picks me up when I stumble and fall. As a God who keeps his word, he's a friend who sticks closer than a brother. He's a very present help in the time of need. He's a bridge over troubled water. He's a midnight keeper. Come on, talk to me. He'll walk with you and talk with you. He'll lead you beside the still waters. He'll anoint my head with oil and my cup runs over. Why? Because he's a God who keeps his word. Oh, shoot, can I help myself? When I've been hungry, he's fed me. When I've been naked, he's clothed me. When I've been sick, he's healed me. When I went in surgery, he made it all right. When I couldn't pay my bills, he showed up and took care of me. Why? He's a God who keeps his word. Can I say some more? When I was on my way to a dying, dark, burning hell, he stopped by the jailhouse and saved me, Sean. Gave me everlasting life. He's a God who keeps his word. When I was too hard, couldn't get myself sober, he showed up and showed me how to walk in sobriety. He's a God who keeps his word. Can I argue for him right here? He'll never leave you nor forsake you. He said, Lo, I'll be with you to the ends of the earth. Can I say some more? He might not remove your mountain, but he'll sure give you the strength to climb. He's a God who keeps his word. He might not, he might not quit or block you from walking in the trouble, but he'll walk with you through the valley of the shadow of death. He's a God who keeps his word. And when it comes time for me to lay down on this side and the sweet dreams of saying kiss me goodbye, he's a God who keeps his word. I'm not going to lay down in panic. I'm not going to lay down in fear. I'm not going to lay down wondering if I made it. I'm going to lay down shouting. Hallelujah. How I made it over. Can I talk to you right here? He's that kind of God. I got confidence in him. Do you got confidence in him? Do you believe in him today? Has he ever kept his word with you? Won't you high five somebody and tell him he keeps his word, man. He keeps his word. He's an all right God. Won't you give the Lord some praise? Hallelujah. A God who keeps his word. His timing is always right. His treasures are always true and his testimonies are always powerful can I tell you I've been encouraged this week by this text as a pastor sometimes you don't get to look in my life and see the things I struggle and carry and have to wrestle with the direction for the church the lack of resources and the lack of vision and support and the lack 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 it takes God to lead a church. It takes God to provide for every need. It takes God for the vision and the focus. And God just spoke to me just as clear and said, I got it. That's my church. I died for her. You didn't. You just do what I'm telling you. I know it looks like ain't nothing there. But just keep walking. It'll be there when you need it. I like that right there. That means I got to walk by faith and not by sight. Come on, who am I talking to today? Somebody's discouraged about what you ain't got. What you look like ain't there. Don't worry about what ain't there. Just walk by faith and not by sight. And if he gave you the word to go in that direction, it'll be there when you need it. Hey, somebody, come on, talk to me. Come on, talk to me. Have you ever been there? Have you ever been there? Have you ever been there, Tommy? Well, you know you needed some food 
and wasn't enough money in the checking account. But when you went there, somebody blessed you. Come on, talk to me. Ever, ever, ever put your last $5 in the tank? Don't know how you're going to make it all week long, but get to the end of the week and there's still some gas there. Y'all don't hear me. Y'all don't hear me. You ain't lived long enough to testify how one pot of beans will feed three boys and some friends all week long. You ain't been there where you, where you didn't have insurance and your baby got sick. Couldn't take them to the doctor. You just have to pray over them all night long. And in the morning, wake up and all is good. He'll be there for you. Am I talking to you? He's that kind of God. He's that kind of God. He's that kind of God. Don't know how your kid's going to get to college. But you just keep walking and trusting God. And then he makes a way. Gives you favor. Provides you with a job that'll pay for everything. That's the kind of God I serve. 